Okay, good evening, Chair Nichols and the Historic Preservation Commissioners. This meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953, subsection E. And in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Historic Preservation Commission on January 20th, 2022 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom. I will now call the roll. <clears throat> Vice Chair Newman. Here. Commissioner Berkowitz. Here. Chair Nichols. Here. And Commissioner Werner is absent at the moment. Thank you, Adam. Um, first item on our agenda tonight is approval of the agenda. We have one project and some communications. Is there a motion to approve or are there any additions or changes? I do have one proposed change from staff. There is an item five that I believe should be removed. It's for continuing education. I believe that's a leftover from a previous meeting, so we can remove that. Okay, uh, I was looking forward to a report. <laughs> I was I looking apologize. forward to who was going to give it. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do something in the future if you want to do that, just to check in with HPC. Because I, I want to talk with the CPC at another time. We'll talk about that. We do have to update our education for our reporting. So thank you. Um, is there a motion to approve the agenda with the removal of item five? I'll make the motion. Thank I you. second. Thank you, David. Will you call the roll, Adam, please? Yes. <clears throat> Vice Chair Newman? Yes. Commissioner Berkowitz? Yes. And Chair Nichols? Yes, thank you. Okay, motion carries. Okay, now's the time that we take public comment for items that are not on the agenda. And Adam, I think there's a little statement you can read how to let the public in if they'd like to comment. Would you mind doing that now? Yes, this is the time to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Historic Preservation Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the HPC may briefly respond to statements made or questions posed by a member of the public ask clarifying questions, make a brief announcement, or make a brief report on his or her own activities. The commission may also refer matters not on the agenda to city staff or direct that subject be agendized for a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Please state your name when it is your time to speak. Thank you. Is there anyone that would like to speak? At the moment, I see no hands raised. Um, Adam, is that correct? That is correct. I see no hands raised. Madam okay. Chair. Then I'm going to close public comment for items that are not on the agenda. And we'll move into our hearing, which is... Uh, item 6A at 19 Prospect, and I believe we're going to hear from Elena. Great. Uh, thank you, Chair Nichols. Um, good evening, Historic Preservation Commissioners, um, and our applicants are here, uh, Terry Lafrano and Ted Bartlett. Hey, Terry. Uh, yeah, you want to get on? Okay. Yeah, um, and uh, we can take uh, comments after the presentation. Um, representing their clients. I'm going to share my screen now and, and give you my presentation. 
Terrific. All right, can everyone see my screen? Yes, thank you. All right, yes. great. So this um, application is for historic resources determination uh, in advance of a design review permit submittal for the property at 19 Prospect Avenue. I want to briefly discuss the site's location. It is actually um, both parcels are owned uh, by the Beesman family. The residents, uh, can you see my um, cursor? Yes. The, re the residence is located on this uh, 30 parcel um, to the right, the blue one, and the upper parcel, uh, the red outlined parcel is where the pool and pool house are located. And some of these other polygons represent uh, the carport and garage, but they're not they're not accurate in this in this uh, in this photo. But the site <laughs> spans the space between Prospect Avenue and Spencer Court off of Spencer Avenue. It is accessed through a shared common drive uh, through the upper part of the parcel off of Prospect Avenue, though the residence is located closer to Spencer. of the single family residence. The third floor was added on later and the porch enclosed in 1927. This, in this photo here of the Eastern um, exposure, you can see this is the porch that was enclosed. It's called the garden room. Some other photos of the structure show the style of the exterior um, is brown painted shingles with green trim. And I also included this photo of the interior of the building to show that there is no consistent style among the windows, uh, the fenestration of the building. I have some more images of the outbuilding. This is the pool and the pool house, the garage and the carport. And they're all of a, of a somewhat similar uh, style, um, brown painted wooden shingles and green to brown trim. Now the neighboring buildings uh, are of a diverse style. Uh, just the neighbor uh, to the southwest, southeast is 28 Spencer Court, which is on the list um, as a uh, significant property. It's called Bird's Nest Cottage and it's a Mediterranean style with stucco and um, a tile roof. Um, amongst the others, we see asphalt shingles and uh, slate roofs and various kinds of siding. And we have another kind, uh, selection of houses. We see stucco, we see lap siding, all different kinds of roofing and styles. There's no consistent style in the neighborhood that this structure contributes to. Now the applicant and I went through the permit history that's located in um, our files and it shows some, some, some history of uh, additions to the property. Most recently a pool repair in addition to the pool house for a bathroom. In 1999, there was an elevator installed that services the main entry floor and the upper floor. Um, before that, some seismic upgrades to the foundation Prior to that, there was some prune hedging and tree trimming 
1977, there was a well dug, although I'm not certain where on the property the well is located or whether it's still operable. Um, and in 1956, the windows were replaced. And though the applicant reported that the original construction was in 1904 and the third floor was added in 1927, there's no documentation in uh, city files um, about those projects. Now past res the house has only had three owners in its, in its long life. Um, and most recently from 1966 to the present, Perry and Margot Beesman of the Beesman family um, have lived there. Perry Beesman was a wealth in wealth management and a senior VP at Morgan Stanley. Margot Beesman um, is a wellness educator at Middendorf Breath Institute of Berkeley. Uh, before that, from 1941 to 1966, Carl and Mary Spring lived in the house. Carl was a civil engineer and member of the Rotary Club and participated in uh, the project to prevent the Highway 101 from being routed through downtown. And Mary Spring uh, served over 50 years uh, in the Sausalito Women's Club. Prior to that, the original owners and builders of the home, William and Gertrude Wright, Bill Wright was a civil engineer. The Wrights built the home as a summer home and sold it during World War II. And all this information was not necessarily provided by the applicants, but I included it from publicly available obituaries uh, online. The packet was prepared by the applicant, Terry Lofrano, on behalf of the Beesman family and submitted to the CDD in December 28th of 2021. Um, and contained the application, the site and uh, neighborhood photos and the permit history. Uh, based on our analysis, we recommend that the structure uh, was not uh, is not a contributor to significant events in history, uh, nor was it associated with uh, particularly prominent people in history, though the resident, you know, uh, citizens in good standing in Sausalito. Um, we also found that it was not the work of any prominent creative individual or emblematic of a particular style or era. And we do not believe the site is likely to uh, yield any information about prehistory. So staff is recommending um, these findings and is available for questions. Sorry, Trey Nichols, you're muted. So you don't hear my papers wrestle if I do that, sorry. Um, anyone on staff have a question? I mean, any commissioner have a question of staff at this moment? Okay, normally what we do is um, I have, um, before we, we make our remarks, I have some additional um, very easily done research that I wanna add to this before the commissioners consider these findings. So um, if the applicant would like to go ahead, uh, you, and I think there's two people on here, both your team, between the two of you have 15 minutes. And um, if we ask you questions, or if we stop you, um, which is not likely, I'm sure you're probably gonna go right ahead, but if we do, we'll stop the clock and it won't um, delete any of your time. So who would like to go first to speak on the project? I don't know if you can hear me. We can hear you. And if you'd like to turn your camera back on, my point before was while we're having the meeting, we just okay. don't have any public comments. So we ask you to mute, that's it. That's fine. I, I'm, uh, not, I 
turn it on before, but I can't seem to turn it on now. Do you uh, do you have to do anything? Just do that. There yeah. you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't have horns and a big tail, but I am a dinosaur. Um, uh, our remarks, I think, um, as from, from the standpoint of it, my being an architect, um, I think the property's got incredible opportunities happening. I think over the years, it's been a hodgepodge uh, of work done on the site. Uh, I'm sure it came, uh, each, each uh, of the three people that owned it did a little bit on their own account. And um, uh, I think the potential for the site is great. Uh, we're hoping to uh, assist uh, the family to get it into the most logical, clean, presentable condition so that it can be, uh, be sold. Um, the, the changes that we're proposing right now are pretty, pretty simple. And so, um, so we actually just to, I'm sorry to interrupt you at this okay. point, at this point, our sole goal here is assessing the structure for historical significance. So at the planning commission, you would get into your project, but we, that isn't part of our purview. So if you just want to talk about um, the, the owners or the history or uh, related to what we do on this commission, that would be helpful. Okay, I think Elena pretty much covered it. Uh, I had two or three pages of information was provided to me by a couple of family members and, uh, and family members who had gotten information from former owners. That was included in my packet and it's pretty much along the lines of what Elena said. Um, it, it was a small building to start with, and they continually make it bigger uh, as time went on. Families were there, and the consistency of the construction, I think, is the only thing that's consistent is a, is the shingles and the brown color, uh, from what I can understand. I, I don't. I think Ted, you may want to comment, but I think uh, everything I've presented in my packet, Elena has outlined pretty well. Hi, I'm Ted Bartlett. I'm the Realtor and friends with the Beesman family. I went to uh, college with uh, Mark Beesman, the middle son, who grew up at the property. And, and uh, um, I, I don't have anything to add on historic. I mean, I, I've done, uh, I'm doing lots of uh, projects in San Francisco and the Bay Area. And uh, I think that the property has been well preserved and, and the family did not change it. And they were very fastidious and like keeping close records. And, and we turned those over to Terry and Terry turned them, uh, included that in our, in our application package. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is there, are there any questions from the commissioners of the applicants at this point? Not me. Not you or, or yes, you? No, I do not have any questions. Okay, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I just wonder, um, just to, so we're clear about the process of Lena, if you would uh, I'd like to speak about what this hearing is about, and if we do or do not find significant, what the next what the next steps would be in the process. Just so everybody's uh, clear about what that is. Yeah, absolutely. As you stated prior, um, the Historic Preservation Commission is here to discuss whether or not the findings can be made. Um, to designate this uh, structure as significant, and if they cannot be made, 
then um, the structure as it stands is 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 not you know eligible for listing as a as a historically significant structure, and um, this is a pre a precursor to a project moving forward to the planning commission um, in pursuit of a design review permit to um, in this case a design review permit but it can be any discretionary permit um, in order to uh, alter the property. Um, if you were to find that the property uh, was a significant historic asset, um, or if you needed more information, you may specify that, uh, or the commission may specify um, what kind of information it needs and ask the applicants to provide that. Um, or if they find the his, um, historic resources uh, determination packet insufficient to uh, answer the question of whether the findings can be made. Does that help just sort of clarify for Mr. Lafrano and Mr. Bartlett about what we're doing in this hearing? And uh, just to follow up on Elena's comments, if we're not able to make the findings of significance, this would be your last step before you proceeded to de design review. But this, <clears throat> this is this interim step. And and um, if, if that is clear, we'll go forward. And I'd like to um, I'd like to just make a few comments, um, which are historically rated, related to this uh, property uh, before my commissioners and I start talking about being able to make our findings. Um, Carl Spring was uh, much more important than just being involved in the movement to stop the building of the freeway along the Sausalito waterfront. He is acknowledged as running the charge of that effort he has been uh, accommodated in City Hall with a plaque right in the council chambers. He was, uh, on the occasion of his death in 1978, he was, uh, the council adjourned in his honor and flow, flew the flags at City Hall at half staff. So he was considered very important in the community. And I just wanna be clear about that. Um, I feel pretty strongly about that. There's not that many people that are, have a direct relationship of an impact on what Sausalito would have been or not been. It's fair to say that he not only changed the waterfront in Sausalito and the aesthetics and, and perhaps the way the economy was, but he really changed the um, state transportation system because of that failure to allow that freeway in, they had to go up to Waldo Point. So he had a major, his efforts had a major impact on what Sausalito looks like today. He was very highly regarded. He um, also started something called the Sausalito Citizens Council, which I had a hard time pinning down the dates. But I talked to a former neighbor of theirs who's Grandfather was also living near the Springs and he was also a former, Mr. Spring was not on the, on the um, council that I could ever find, but this particular individual uh, was their neighbors up there on Prospect and his grandfather had been a mayor as well as his father. And he thinks that this, this uh, citizens council was around the 1950s when there was a lot of um, changes to the council it was after the war, and this was a group led by him, founded by him, and led by him of citizens that were, um, you know, not necessarily an irritant to the council, but certainly co coalesced around how they wanted to see things happen in the town. 
So um, I feel pretty strongly that he was very important in our community. Um, I also will wait to hear from the others, but I, from the, looking at the, um, and I don't know what your project is, so I'm not commenting about that, but looking at the permit history, I'm amazed that a building that was built in 1904 and added to in 1927 has so few permits. And not only when I look at them, there has not been anything dramatically done aside from what I see are 13 windows with a question mark. I would suspect it might've been when that porch was fenced in, but I don't know that. I don't have enough information to, to know some of these things. So those are my thoughts right now. Um, I wanted the other commissioners to know Mr. Springs history and the way he's regarded in the community and um, let you be able to have that when you're <clears throat> making your findings. So would anybody else like to go? I can also say that he lived up there till his death. And it was at that time his wife bought the Sausalito residence and she moved down to Sausalito Boulevard. And she lived till about 2004. So he lived in there for quite a long time on his own during all these changes that were happening in Sausalito. So those are my comments. Um, you said he, he didn't live at the at 19 Prospect? He lived at Prospect until his no. death. No, he lived there until 1961. The Beastman's bought it in 1961. Okay, then maybe this information, I don't understand this then. Because they didn't buy the, um, I believe your clients, but the information is conflicting from what I was, e I easily found versus your, obviously your history from your applicants. And I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't more on Mr. Spring. This was easy to Google. Um, normally, you know, this would have come up. He is an obscure name, but um, yeah. Could we put that timeline up, Elena? Could you share that? The, uh, the screen. Sixty six. I said sixty one. Yeah, I'm sorry if I got the date there wrong. Uh, I will check my notes. Well, no, no, I think sixty. I'm sorry. I think you're you're right, Alina. I I, I said sixty one. That was just from memory. I, I missed five years. But the Beesman family has lived there and owned it since 1966. Okay, then it must have been 66 that they moved to Sausalito Boulevard because I talked to the person that lived next door to them and down the street. Okay. They remember them being, you know, someone in the neighborhood. They remember particularly Mrs. Spring walking her dogs along that street. And ironically, that comes up in her obituary. So <laughs> um, watching the dogs on Sausalito. So that's, that's not uh, really serious here. Um, but I'd like to see uh, the building permit records. I didn't know, notice any, I noticed a lot of stuff about the well. I noticed um, a few other things. So I guess without more information for me, um, 
I don't know what, if there are changes up there, it could be that they were made and they were just never permitted. I'm not accusing anybody, but we know that happens, right? That would have changed the um, initial construction. Can we put up the uh, list of permits, the permit history, please? This is a, a, a summary. There was a lot of individual pieces to the well drilling and various tree issues on that and neighboring properties. So it was listed on the um, submittal form that in 56, there was a, um, I forget what it was, an A something, you know, it was a type of permit. There's a code with a question mark. But after looking at these photos, I could easily suspect, I don't know for sure that those 1956 windows were those plate glass that are in that porch. I mean, that would fit what people were doing, capitalizing on the view. I don't know that though. Um, tree trimming doesn't affect the structure, drilling the wheel, well, pruning a hedge, seismic upgrade to foundation. We all wanted that. I don't know if there was any other changes. So I don't see any alterations to the structure. I'm not saying that they didn't happen, but if there's more information, that would be helpful to me, at least. Um, based on the age of the structure and the person that lived in it as long as he did. Is there any other comments from, from <clears throat> Com Commissioner um, New Vice Chair Newman or Commissioner Berkowitz? Well, I will comment about the most interesting item to me <clears throat> is that they drilled a well. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Why and, could I imagine well, I, that? <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy your laugh, but they, some time ago, I was observed a interesting map, historical of about the 1880s, that showed springs. Right. And, and that map showed approximately a dozen springs, best of my recollection. And it said that, uh, I, and it was noted on the map, that these were not to be built upon. Um, I only toss this out as a historical fact, uh, particularly as it applies to um, a lot of the history of Sausalito and its spring and its water sources, its springs. Um, I live next to a house that uh, I water my garden with. Well, with the groundwater, and it's worked out very well for the past 20 or 30 years. Um, <clears throat> and there are a number of other places like this in the city. Um, but as I said, strictly a historical fact, not applicable uh, totally to this house. But I wonder if it was one of the early in circa the near early uh, springs that were on this 1880-something map. Thank you, Nate. You're absolutely right. The town depended on these springs for water. So um, that, is a that is a, you know, a fact relative to our water supply, but not particularly on this project, but interesting. Um, David, do you have any comments? I think that Elena should repeat what the CEQA requirements are. Please. You have no comments on the report? 
Now, I, I think it's important to understand that we're dealing again with the four criteria of CEQA. And associate, number two, associating with lives of persons important to our past, I think has to do with state importance, not local. Okay. I, I, if Elena would like to uh, give me a further impression of that, I'd like it right now. But I, I don't, you know, Vicki, a lot of the things you're talking about, we could associate with many, many places in this city. Okay. And I think we're required to comply with CEQA and the four criteria. And if Elena would <laughs> again repeat what the criteria are, particularly number two, which is associated with lives of person important in our past, I think it has to do with California criteria and not Sausalito's criteria. And I think that's a very important aspect to what you brought up tonight. I'm not uh, disagreeing with anything you said. I have no reason to. I just think we have to be very careful about what this commission is charged with and knocking into sentiment. Sorry, that's what I think our charge is. <laughs> Elena, would you, Elena, would you tell us what criteria number two is, please? So the, the question um, is, is this structure associated with the lives of persons of one or more people important in our past? And uh, I, I apologize, I'm going to try to pull up some information um, specifically from, from CEQA to clarify whether or not um, that's limited to California statewide or local? Um, I think that's an important question to answer and don't know it off the top of my head. I apologize. Um, I, think, I think you should, I'm sorry. He's going to, so that'll be good for all of us. It's called California and Qual, <laughs> it's CEQA, it's not Sausalito, it's David, can we wait for um, staff's answer, please? Thank you. Can you not interrupt me, please? Apologies, I'm, I'm floundering on the internet trying to find an answer for you. Heidi's not available for this call. She is she still out of town? This is unbelievable. I mean, this is not part of um, my research that I did in preparation for this uh, presentation. I can, you know, absolutely provide a robust uh, report on how CEQA should be applied in this case. Um, To answer your question, um, Chair Nichols, Heidi did just return, but she is not available on this call tonight. Okay, thank you. I think we've had this question before. Um, I, we had it in connection, or I don't know if I was on the commission yet, but we had a conversation about local 
importance rising to the level of state or whatever. So I'm now not clear on this. And um, I, I like your comments on the project. And if you're using um, the definition that you're using, David, um, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what, what would be your finding recommendation on this? I think our responsibility is related to California and CEQA. I mean, we've gone through this before you were on this commission and and previous and subsequent to this. And it has to do with California state history. That's my recall, that's my experience. And I'm sorry, but I agree that if this person had significant impact on not letting 101 run down <laughs> our main street in Sausalito, I think that's important to us, but I'm not sure how important it is to the state of California, to be honest. And oh, I have a, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I think this house has been modified significantly over time. I don't, you know, I don't think it applies in any criteria other than what you've been ref referencing, Madam Chair, which is number two, which has to do with the person that lived in it for a period of time, but didn't live it, didn't live it, did not live in it the entire life of the project, nor did that person build the house. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't, I'm, I'm pleased that that person had some way of affecting our history, but I, I don't think in particular this question that's brought before this commission has any relevance, frankly, sorry. Would it be possible to, um, this is a question that needs to be cleared up by the community development director for me, and it would be related to our- um, I, I don't agree with you, Madam Chair. I I'm, think it's a very, clear <laughs> statement of what CEQA is. And it has I'm to talking do with the state of California. In... It does not have to do with local regulations. Sorry, it does not. It's called the California Environmental Quality Act. and has to do with the state history. Sorry. <laughs> and this person did not affect state history. Okay, with all due respect, David, I hear your point. If you want to make a motion on this, that's fine. Yes, I would move. And I do object to you insinuating that I don't know what CEQA is. So well, let's I'm leave sorry, it at that. Vicki, then why do you bring things up like that? Sorry, I'll make a motion. Yes, I <laughs> agree that we should accept the staff's recommendation that this property as it stands today is not significant under our local ordinance and that we move that accordingly. I've, uh, if I may, I found some information that might be useful um, and I'll read for you. Um, California register includes resources listed in or formally determined eligible for listing in the National Register of Historic Places, as well as some California state landmarks and points of historic interest. Properties of local significance that have been designated under a local preservation ordinance 
or that have been identified in a local historical resources inventory may be eligible for listing in the California Register and are presumed to be significant resources for purposes of CEQA unless a preponderance of evidence indicates otherwise. So there is a process for determining whether a uh, site is um, historic resource, whether the building or events that happened there were significant in history. And then it would make it eligible for listing in the local register, and that would be eligible for listing at the state. And Elena, is this property registered locally? It is not currently registered locally. Yes. So is there not also a provision in there if the likelihood of significance is found that it could be considered? And I would also ask, has this building ever been put in the CRIS system with a code for evaluation? I didn't look that up. I'm sorry to put you on the spot here. I don't know if it's on the Chris uh, inventory. Okay. It's easy to look up and I would suggest that it's not. And we haven't passed the local if you recall. <laughs> There's a motion on the floor. Is there a second? Okay, I don't hear a second. What I would like to do is, um, I don't feel we have enough information on this. Um, Nate? I will second that motion. Bill, okay. So Bill has joined us. Bill, how long have you been on the line? A little bit? The whole time. Okay. I didn't see you come in. I came on at 6.04. Okay. We couldn't see you. All right. We have a motion on the floor that's been seconded. Will you please call the, the roll, Adam? Yes, Chair Nichols. Um, Commissioner Werner? Yes. Commissioner Berkowitz? I, I don't feel I know enough to, to, to argue it, to vote it rather. I abstain. Uh, Vice Chair Newman? Yes. <clears throat> and Chair Nichols? No. Okay, so we have two no. yes votes, one no vote and one abstention. <clears throat> Okay, so the motion to find no significance has passed. You want, Elena, is there a, an appeal period? I believe there is an appeal period. The appeal would go to the Planning Commission. Right, okay. All right, um, next on the agenda, I'll work with um, the Community Development Director to make sure we don't have this uh, type of discussion at a public meeting with applicants present again. Thank you. Um, Can I ask a question, Chair? Sure. Uh, I think that that uh, discussion should include the, the, the fact that you let it, please. And that I think uh, previously you had made comments to me when you were not the chair, that you felt that it was inappropriate. And I think that 
that should be recorded and duly referenced. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, David, uh, but this meeting is being recorded. Uh, it was recorded previously and it had to do with the women's club and your motion before we had any discussion. And I would like to make sure that we follow pro proper protocol in the future, including what the chair does or does not. Can we regard. take this please offline? If you no, have I don't want to take it offline. Not while you're saying you're going to discuss this with a new CDD director, which I think is inappropriate. Okay. What I was going to discuss with them is that we need a report from staff on our sequel obligations at a public meeting. I had no intention of taking any action by myself. We have had that in the past, by the way, and it's been duly recorded what our sequel obligations are at least several times. And I'm very disappointed in the attitude that has been taken tonight about something that should have been very straightforward. And I'm very disappointed that staff was very unprepared, in my opinion, to respond to that. Sorry, but I have been on this commission longer than you, okay? And I find this very disappointing. Sorry, this I know you've been around term, here for David. I do not want to do this with you at a public meeting. I'm sorry, Vicki, but you started it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're doing this. But this is not appropriate for a commission to do this. I think the behavior tonight has been absolutely out of place. Okay? And including the whole idea of putting staff on the point for something that really had no sequel reference at all. Okay? Sorry. Okay, any more um, comment from the commissioners? Yes, Here. I'd like to comment on the fact that we got a letter <laughs> uh, and I walked by a property on 168 uh, Hamilton and there were five construction trucks out there today. Five. I think you were talking about driveway. Harrison. Harrison? 168 Harrison? Harrison, I'm sorry, I said Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. And I walked by it today as well as the property we discussed tonight and there were five construction trucks there and I can speak from personal reference that there have been construction projects in my neighborhood that have gone on for years. And I think whoever this person was that brought it to our attention, Ms. Watson, should be listened to, including by the, our new city manager and our new community development director. Uh, because I didn't hear the noise or anything that she complained about, but I did see five construction trucks sitting uh, right outside the driveway there today. And I think, although this is not the project at Tanglewood, 
doesn't directly affect us at this point in time. I think it is a, a property that has been referenced as historically significant. And I think we should make some sort of comment to the city manager and his office that I think there should be some consideration for people about the length of time that projects take in this city, which in my own experience has been unbelievable in comparison to other communities I've lived in. Okay. Uh, I Thank you. We can't discuss this really because it's not on the agenda. So I'll just take that as an update or a comment. That's what you asked for was a comment. Okay. Anybody else have a comment? Anything to do not on the agenda or anything you'd like to bring up? <clears throat> and I want to give staff an opportunity to um, give us any updates they may have. Thank you, Chair Nichols. I did have one um, question of the commission. Uh, Director Scoble has asked me to inquire if you all might be available for a joint HPC and city planning commission meeting on February the 9th. Um, they're looking to address an application at that meeting. So it would be February the 9th. Uh, I'm available. Do you know what time? Regular planning commission time? I believe it would be the regular planning, or I guess, look at that. Would you like us to respond to Heidi or to you now, or what would be your pleasure, Adam? Um, was just trying to get an initial feel if you all would be available on that date. I can follow back certainly on the exact time of that. Um, so however you all would like to do it, but just wanted to see <clears throat> if you were available. Um, it would be probably during that regular meeting time. Oh, okay. Yeah, they meet on Wednesdays. Okay. All right. Well, um, will other commissioners check their calendar? And then I expect we might see um, another communication from staff about our availability. Is that what you think might happen, Adam? Um, yes, Chair Nichols. So that is Wednesday, February the 9th would be the proposed date. And I believe it would be that regular planning commission meeting time. Um, so if you're all available, great. If not, we can look at an alternative date, which would be probably in the next week after that. I think February the 16th was the alternative date. Um, so you can email me if you are not certain right off the top of your heads. Okay. Thank you. Anybody, anything else you'd like to add? <clears throat> Uh, that's all from staff at this time, Chair Nichols. Okay. Does anybody else have any other comments before we adjourn? Okay. Um, with our business finished, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>